This week's episode of Enchanted Tiki Talk is brought to you by our proud sponsors at Kingdom Strollers, providing premium stroller and crib rentals, delivered straight to your Disney or Orlando Resort hotel or vacation home free of charge. You choose the time of delivery and pickup, and we do the rest. It couldn't be easier. So book your Kingdom Stroller rental today by visiting KingdomStrollers.com or call 407-271-5301. And at MousePros.com. Let these Disney travel specialists help plan your next Disney vacation. MousePros.com offers free concierge service to help guide you every step of the way in planning your perfect Disney vacation. Let them sweat the details so you can focus on the fun. Visit MousePros.com for a free no-obligation quote. Ask for Tiki Bird Sean or any of our friendly agents. And now, on with the show. Vahini Mekioni Mana, ladies and gentlemen, no flashbulbs, please. Our performers are temperamental and easily upset. Thank you for your cooperation. Oh, look at all the people. My goodness, you're all staring at us. We better start the show rolling. Wait, wait, we forgot to wake up the Glee Club. Hey, howdy, hey, and thank you for joining us here on Enchanted Channel Tiki Talk. We're your hosts. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. And I'm Alan. So grab yourself a Dole Whip, pull up a chair, and enjoy the show. This is episode 134 for the week of May 15th, 2016. Hello and welcome to Achana Tiki Talk. This week on the show, Keith is once again missing, and while we try to determine his location, we have brought on an old friend to... We have brought on an old friend of the show. So this week, I would like to welcome Matt from Dixie Landing's podcast onto the show. Hey, Matt, welcome back to the Tiki Hut. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me back. It would have been nice if you cleaned up the uh, the drippings from Keith's turkey legs before I had to sit in his chair, but thanks for having me back. <laughs> uh, we never said you had to sit there. Oh, dang it. <laughs> I, I guess I should be used to it with Scott and his turkey legs. So. Oh, yeah. Man. Did he ever, to it. The did he ever eat has- 50 legs? The bayou has an excess uh, turkey legs, just like the Tiki Hut does. <laughs> uh, no, he never got to his 50. No, because he only he... went to the park like two times all That's year. That's true, yeah. I did the math and figured out what he would have spent in turkey legs. I'm glad he stopped, because he probably would be a single man right now. Yeah. Not to mention that his health would probably have deteriorated a lot worse than what it is. Yeah, he'd be dead. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Not to mention his wallet would be you know empty, because you know, we talked about earlier the Eight turkey legs and four cokes for one hundred and seventeen dollars. Right. That's well, I mean, this this is the guy that I think it was a I can't remember if it's a tweet or something on Instagram or whatever, but he said that there he literally counted there were sixty some people standing in line for turkey legs, and he willingly got in line behind sixty people to get a turkey leg. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I no. wouldn't. I w- if if there were no line, I still wouldn't get in line. <laughs> I would go. I would get in line and go. Can I have a bottle of Coke, please? Thank you. No, no turkey <laughs> legs, just a Coke. Thanks. Well, to get back on course, Matt, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your Disney podcast that you do? Um, yeah, I've been doing it for, I guess, we're a little over a year now. Um, just recorded show seventy-eight, I believe it was. Um, we've recently brought on a third host. Uh, her name's Mallory. We kind of got to a point where. I think people were tired of listening to me and Scott drone on and on, so we brought in a new perspective to kind of kick things off again and get everything rebooted, I guess you'd say. So uh, come give us a listen. We just wrapped up our March Madness bracket with our different attractions and everything, so if you're not familiar with the show, you can find us all over 
normal podcasts, um, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, uh, all that good stuff. Did Carolina win your March Madness card? No, they didn't, did they? Ah, oh, bummer. Okay. Actually, they cheated their way into the end. Ah. Uh, all right, oh. enough of that. <laughs> yeah, it's got nothing to do with anything. I just, <laughs> I just wanted to take that opportunity to, you know, poke the bear a little bit. There's probably at least one Carolina fan out there that listens who's upset right now. I'm sure. And they're going to tell their friends, and their friends are going to tell their friends, and next thing you know, pitchforks at the Tiki Hut. No such Uh-oh. thing as bad press, bro. <laughs> so this week, um, I'm not going to do my spiel, so I'm going to actually head it, hand it over to Alan to talk about this week's topic. So Alan, why don't you uh, tell us about it? Thanks, Sean. Well, this was this topic was basically my idea, um, but before I tell what the topic is, the reason that this became my idea and my topic idea uh, is some news I want to share with our listeners. And uh, But basically, in the next coming months, depending on when this show plays, uh, there will be a new Disney fan added to the world, courtesy of my wife and I. So we are expecting our first child a little bit later in 2016, which we're very excited about. And, uh, you know, we'll take this opportunity to share it with our listeners. You guys are, are kind of a family to, to us, to Sean and Keith and I. And so I just want to share our excitement and uh, pass that news along to everyone. And with that in mind, the show topic was, you know, we've never really talked about going to Disney with kids. You know, it's you know, we talk a lot about food. Uh, three big guys talk a lot about food. That's a shock. Um, but we've never really <laughs> talked about going to Disney with kids. And, and so I wanted to take the chance to, you know, with, with Keith not being here, he doesn't have kids, so he really couldn't contribute to the conversation. So we brought in Matt, who's got two, and uh, Sean, who's got two, obviously. So I wanted to talk to you guys about just, you know, those first times. I know, you know, uh, Matt, your, your youngest just had his first trip. What? How long ago was that? In January. January. So not too long ago, and uh, and I know, and I know, you know, Matt and I are, are friends in real life. We live near each other, so you know, I know a lot of his history in terms of when his kids took their first trips, and even when he took his first trips. Uh, so, and I know Sean is a believer in taking kids a little bit younger than when Matt took his kids. So it's just I wanted to kind of get some get some questions answered and, and just kind of discuss. Disney with kids. It's going to be something different for me. I've done Disney a lot. You know, just the two of us as adults, we do what we want and when we want. And I know that those days are, they're not gone, but they are numbered until the kids get older and then we can go back to that uh, to an extent. So, right. um, you know, the, the first question I'm going to ask is, you know, you know, I'll start with Matt since he's the guest. You know, what's, a, what's the best age to you, your opinion, on the first time to take kids? Well, if you would have asked me... After we went with my oldest, he was three and a couple months. Um, his birthday was in November, and we went first part of January with him. Um, that was more or less triggered because with my family, my first trip, I was three. Both my younger brothers were, their first trip was when they were three, so it kind of involved into a family tradition. So my mom was chomping at the bits to you know, take him when he was three. So me looking back on it, just personally, I don't know how much I really remember from my first trip. And what I do remember, I think is from either pictures I've seen or stories I've been told. So I was kind of looking at it as 
three might be a little too young because I don't know how much she's going to remember. I was thinking more along the lines of taking them when they're closer to five or so where they can really enjoy everything and still remember it. But my son, granted, he might just have a steel trap for a memory. He's come back and he there's been parts of the trip he's remembered that I didn't remember. So I think it really varies on your kid. Um, and after you know listening to some of the things that Sean has said and everything, my youngest son went. He was just turned two. Um, so I, I once we took him, one one he was free. So you don't have any issues with having to pay. Yeah, I mean that was actually a big bonus. Um, Makes a big it difference. Kind of, it, it does. It really does. And it kind of opened my eyes to, you know, maybe they don't remember or they're not going to remember every part of the trip or whatever, but that's not really why you're taking the trip. You know, you're going for, you know, creating the memories and everything. And he had a blast. I mean, I would do it again in a heartbeat um, with with him too. So I don't know if there's really a certain age across the board to say, okay, he's this old, you need to take him. It, it really depends on, one, your comfort level with having the kid there and, you know, how he's going to react with everything. What about you, Sean? What's the, what's the, what's the good first age? You know, like Matt was saying, it's in some ways it's based on the kid. In some ways it's based on you personally as a traveler. Are you easily stressed out? Do you want to take on this type of trip to Walt Disney World? Are you a little bit more laid back? You know, it, it all depends on everybody's personality. For me, vacation, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm laid back in a lot of ways. I can handle a lot more things when I'm on vacation. So, and coming into the, the, the money perspective of things where you're not paying for a kid until they're three years old to get into Walt Disney World. Also, coming from New Jersey, it's a lot easier for me to fly down there, a lot less time to fly down there. And my kids have made multiple multiple trips before they were two on a plane, so I didn't have to pay for them either. So that does make a difference. My theory is try to get them into the parks as many times as you can. If you're comfortable with it, down to Disney World. The more times you do it, the easier it's going to get. They're going to be used to that routine of whether you're you know driving to the airport, you're going through security, you're sitting on a plane, waiting in lines there. That's all going to make things a lot easier as they get older because they know what to expect. It's not like they're 10 years old and they've never been on a plane before or five, whatever. And maybe they're going to throw a, throw a tantrum because they don't know what's coming. They want to be more prepared for things. So it's easier when you have your, your, your kids are used to that routine of, of traveling. But the other perspective is, you know, a five day pass to Walt Disney World is you know over 300 and I think it's like 380 bucks or something along those lines. So get them into there before they're age three. You can do a vacation. You don't have to just do a vacation just to get away. You could do a vacation for you and your wife and your first. It's a lot easier with one kid to go to Walt Disney World than it is with two kids, especially at a young age. I brought my kids at five and, and seven. So it was easy to take them. My wife could, you know, I can go on to Splash Mountain and then my wife will go on and get the rider swap. It's easy doing that. And we're doing, we're doing our first family vacation. So, we weren't worried about getting on this traction to getting on that, that attraction. We just took it a little bit more slow and enjoyed the parks and enjoyed my kids' reaction. Because believe it or not, even at age five or seven, they're going to enjoy Walt Disney World. Depending, you know, not if you're going in the middle of the summer, they're probably not going to enjoy it as much. But they're enjoying it because they're seeing they have sights and sound and things they've never seen before, so they can enjoy that. They're learning new things. So 
I'm all for taking your kid as young as possible as long as you are up to it and your kids can handle it. So that kind of leads. I was gonna say, Sean just mentioned a, a good point too. If you have, you know, other family members that are going to go, that makes it a lot easier. You can kind of do the whole divide and conquer and right. you know split task and everything. So it is. I've always lived by the the rule: as long as the adults are not outnumbered, you have a chance. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, this is this is our first, so for at least the foreseeable future, it will be two to one. Uh, but my understanding is uh, that's a pretty powerful one. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that you know, what Sean was saying kind of led into my next question was going to be, you know, I asked you what you thought the perfect age was. Is there such a thing as too young? You know, Sean obviously doesn't feel that way. Matt, do you think there's such a thing as too young? Um. I mean, other than for obvious, like, you know, medical purposes, you're not going to take a, a one-week-old because they're, you know, that that's an obvious answer. But once you get past that first stage of everybody out of the hospital and home, now what? I mean, I think, again, it comes down to, you know, your comfort level. What kind of, you know, routine have you established? Is it some kids will fall asleep the minute you put them in a stroller and start pushing? Some kids will absolutely refuse to sleep unless they're laying down in a dark room so again it really comes down to your routine what you've established how comfortable you are with it do you want to be you know fighting crowds with a three-month-old um so i mean no i've kind of well no i mean not that it would be a bad thing I, i think it could be still somewhat enjoyable but you have to realize especially with your first one your whole plan of attack and everything is getting flipped upside down on its head. I mean, you're going to spend more time kind of relaxing and taking it easy, probably spend more time in the room than you normally would, but it's still feasible and doable. Um, I don't think there's a certain age that I would specifically say that's too young. I mean, again, it's going to come down to what you feel comfortable with. Now, do I sometimes walk by people that are in the parks with you know, a, a kid that's a couple months old, yeah, my heart goes out to those people because I know it's not easy, but, you know, it's, again, they're free, and if you can manage it, and take advantage of it. I found it easier when they were at age five and seven because both of them, you know, like Matt was saying, they're the type of kids that would fall asleep in the stroller. My son, he, at five months, he slept most of the time. I'm not, I mean, you threw him in there, he would take a two, three hour long nap. And once it was bedtime, once it was eight o'clock at night, seven thirty, eight o'clock at night, we put his PJs on him. So he, he knew he was bedtime. He slept in the stroller and we'd stay into the park until 10 o'clock at night and then go back to the room. And he went right back to bed once, you know, we took him out of the stroller, but we also made it. So we spent most of our time at the magic kingdom. We stayed at the wilderness lodge. We made it easier so we could just take the stroller, put it onto the boat and just wheel him into the room from there. So that does make a big difference. And we spent, we, we, I don't think we ever let him nap in the room, except maybe if we went back to the, the resort to swim or something like that. So you need to know your kid and your kid's limitations. And my kids were easygoing, maybe because I was easygoing, my wife was easygoing. Maybe that makes a big difference. I just don't know. Yeah. And I would definitely say you want to get to a point where you can kind of read your kid because you don't want to be in the middle of the Magic Kingdom when the meltdown happens. You want right. to be, kind of transitioning back to the room or out of the parks or even back in the room when the meltdown happens so that way you can kind of you know squash it pretty easily and and quickly as opposed to okay now we've got to go stand in line for bus or boat or whatever and get back to the resort 
Right. That's a good point. So what about, you know, years ago, you know, my wife and I discussed, okay, if we ever have kids down the road, you know, obviously we're going to go back to Disney because owning DVC, we're basically financially obligated to go to Disney now, um, <laughs> despite the rising prices. But we always talked about, you know, we aren't going to, we didn't want to take a kid until they were old enough to walk on their own. Cause I just, I see people with strollers and I just, I've always been like, man, that is, you either got to rent one of those battering rams from Disney or you got to have your own that folds up and your hands are full and it's just a, it's a mess. I mean, it's, you know, now I look back and I go, well, that's not really, that's not really plausible. I mean, you're going to have to have a stroller and unless you wait until, because even if, if they can walk around, if they're walking at home, that's different than walking at Walt Disney World. It's a big difference yeah. for all of us. So even if they are walking, you're still going to want to have a stroller. So that's obviously not a, a reasonable expectation at this point. But in terms of strollers, I mean, do y'all, do you rent? Do you bring your own? What have y'all done? I've never personally rented a stroller. We always brought one of our own. Um, we did learn with our first, we had took a, I guess, trying to be cutesy. We bought one of the, the Disney umbrella strollers that were like Mickey with the ears on the shade and everything. Well, the seat mm-hmm. didn't recline. So, mm-hmm. you know, he if, even if he would have fallen asleep in the stroller, it wouldn't have lasted long. Either we would have to tilt it back and push it on, you know, it's back two wheels, or, you know, I don't, he might have flopped over and fell out of the stroller. I, I don't know. But, <laughs> you know, the, so the second time when we went, we made sure we had a stroller where the seat would recline. And there were several days in the park where he would just pass out in, in the stroller and we would just push him around. Um, you know, do whatever. So, yeah, I take my own. I try and stay away. We have one of the bigger strollers, like the combo strollers, where one can sit in the front and one stand in the back. I'm not brave enough to take that into a Disney park. Yeah, I, I stick to the the little umbrella flip fold up. So when the bus comes up, it's pretty easy to break down and you know on the bus and you're ready to go and you don't have to worry about trying to fold everything up and remember how you do it and look like that one guy that's holding up the line when everybody's ready to get on the bus and go and he doesn't know how to break a stroller down and all that good stuff. Yeah, I, mean, I see people in the parks with like those jogging strollers that you know, we see when we run our, our races and I'm like, that is a lot. It just seems I, like a lot to me. I mean, I could see those being beneficial because they're pretty easy to maneuver in and out of stuff. True. But it's, it's a little more cumbersome than, you know, like I say in a, like, an umbrella stroller. If people are familiar with that, it quickly folds up, and usually with just a pull of one thing, it breaks down, and you you go. So it's pretty easy. You can I can pretty much do it in stride. So yes, I mean the jogging stroller. I could see it being somewhat of a of an advantage, but I wouldn't want to be standing on a bus full of people after park closing trying to you know hold one of those and you know stand and hold the railing at the same time. Yeah, so like we have a, a city mini stroller, which is also available from our sponsor, Kingdom Strollers. You know, they, they have those available. The city minis is what we have at home, and we love it because it's easy to collapse. I just lift up on the, the pull tabs on the seat, pull it straight up, and it's collapsed, and I could just put it on the bus. And I could do that within, I guess, about three seconds it takes me to close it, something along that, two, three seconds. As long as the kids are out of it, of course. But <laughs> it's nope. they're easy easy to maneuver. You know, just it's got the the small front wheel. The double the the single one has got only uh, one wheel in the front. 
Uh, the double has got two wheels on the front and then the wheels in the back. So that does make a big difference, the type of stroller that you have. And I would only... It, let me tell you this. When a few years ago, we went with my brother-in-law, sister-in-law, my, my wife's family for the first time. They didn't bring a stroller for my niece who was uh, two, I think. She was two and a half. My brother-in-law hurt his back when we were walking in Epcot. And I had to carry my niece... Uh, from from Germany, it wasn't even Germany, it was, um, I think, China, all the way to the front of the park, on top of me, that whole time. So what is that, like a 20-minute walk? My arm was completely dead, and I had a holder on the bus. It, I was done. If I had a stroller, I wouldn't have had that problem. So it, it's a lot easier having a stroller and putting the kid in the stroller when they're asleep, so you're not carrying them and whatever other bags you have. With a stroller, you're going to need to have your diaper bag or whatever's going to be in it. You can have formula in it. You can have snacks in it, diapers in it, change of clothing in it. It's a lot easier when you have a stroller and you can throw that stuff underneath and just push away. Or if you have a snack or a drink at the park that you have, you just put it in the, the back of my stroller. has got a cup holder. Put it on there. So it's very versatile, especially in the time of year going. Let's say you're going in wintertime and you have a sweater. And it's warm during the day. Throw it on the bottom of the stroller. So that makes a difference. So the stroller does help. It stink. I'm not going to lie. It does stink when it's really, really crowded because it's hard to maneuver around people. But in terms of being able to store things, they're the best. And keeping your kid and your and your arm and back together, uh, it is a blessing. Uh, see, you haven't figured it out, Sean. When you're pushing a stroller... You just run into back of people's ankles and then act like you speak a, a foreign language and you don't understand them and they just will move out of the way and you just keep right on going. Yeah, I don't think that's going to work for me. Oh. <laughs> He's from Jersey. He does speak a foreign language. <laughs> he speaks Jersey. Hey, what you talking about? So you mentioned diaper bags. That's a, another thing that I'm, you know, kind of like, uh. <laughs> I mean, obviously it's a necessity, but I'm just, you know, are you going to, you just... Do you take them to the bathroom, or are you just right there on the bench? I mean, what do you, what do you guys do? <laughs> I don't want to talk about this too long, but honestly, you know, well, diaper bags and diapers and the younger they are, if you know, if you're going there with a, a five seven month old like we did, I always take advantage of the baby care centers, even under the age of a year. It's always good to go in there, change them because it's very clean. You can, if your wife is going to breastfeed, you can. You know, go into the facility there and breastfeed. As they get older, you don't need to use the baby care centers as much. I've changed my kids in the stroller. You know, when I if it's not busy, I'll change them in there. If nobody can see, I don't want people to see that I'm necessarily doing it. Or I just, you know, or just go into the bathroom and change them. I, I can, you know, I go in there. I'm a lot faster changing diapers than my wife is. So I'll just take them in there, change them, bring them back out, and, and that's it. So, you know, as long as you can... You're comfortable with with changing them? Do it in the stroller. As long as if it's if it's number two, would you're better off going inside? But if it's just for a quick pee, just change them outside and then f- keep going. All I ask is don't be that one guy that throws them up on the table while they're eating and uh, chase. No. no, I would never do that. <laughs> no. That's terrible. That's gross. That. But I mean, even in because there's been a couple times you know my wife's been eating or whatever, and they have a little changing table in, and it's not even really a table. It's more of like a countertop almost um and it's it's really clean you go in the, the guy's bathroom and he just lays up there and you do what you got to do and change the diaper and, and off you go so it's and it's got it's kind of yeah, on little, it, yeah and it's on it's little little own area so you're not on top of everybody and not right in front of the door or anything like that so it's really 
they keep them clean and wiped down and everything. At least the ones that I used were always clean, so. Changing pads where yeah. they roll up and I just put the kit underneath, you know, put that underneath the kit and change them on there. It's so. Put the kit underneath the changing pad? <laughs> yeah. He ro- no, he Takes rolls the kit up. Yeah. yeah roll it up. Like <laughs> if a, it was like that a, easy. Like a burrito. Yeah. Well, I mean, Alan, you had said diaper bag. You can actually, and what we do, I just carry a book bag with me and just throw whatever we need in the book bag. So that way, the bottom of the stroller, if you need to store, you know, something else, say you buy something in one of the stores or a treat or something that you need, you can have room to store it underneath the stroller. And I just keep everything on on the book bag on my back. Yeah, I mean, I I carry a backpack in the park anyway, so that's, I'm used to that. Well, do you have trouble, do you ever, I've always wondered, do you have trouble with, you know, you have your store and you go get on your attraction and everything goes in store parking. Have you ever had any trouble with like people messing with your stuff? I personally never have anybody mess with it. I've, and you've seen pictures. I've seen plenty of critters in strollers. I have seen birds going after food and stuff like yep. that. Yeah. Well, when we were down there in January, we were, I think it was in Epcot. We were walking past Spaceship Earth and somebody had a stroller parked off to the right hand side and literally as we're walking by two or three squirrels like jump out of this stroller where they were raiding the food or whatever and, and take off <laughs> scampering through the park so um, the only issue that we've had we kind of learned by our mistake we think we were in Hollywood Studios we had gone into Disney Junior or whatever it's called now and you know it's it's Florida so you know how the weather is we went in it was crystal clear there wasn't a sky a cloud in the sky and we come out, and it had been a torrential downpour. Well, now the stroller soaked. So this last trip, we went to Dollar General or something and just bought a cheap shower curtain. So if it looked like it might be raining or whatever, we would just throw that over the stroller. And you know, it kind of served as a poncho. So whenever we come out, you, know, you can put the kid in a dry stroller and not have to worry about the stroller drying out before you can use it. Yeah, that's a good point. And the other thing you have to do, Remember, there's been a couple of times where I've come out and my stroller's been missing. Well, the, the cast members <laughs> like to play uh, hide the stroller on you. Yeah. They do move your strollers around, so you just got to be conscious of that. They're like Nazis of the stroller parking. Uh-huh. They're constantly rearranging, or if there's a hole here, they'll move them down. So yep. you come out and you had parked it here, but now it's three yards over this way, and you kind of have to stand there and survey everything to find out where you're is. So kind of put a a marker or something one that kind of makes it stand out because they all look you might get one that's oh this is a funky color nobody has this one well you get to Disney and everybody has that right. color so yeah. mm-hmm. you know put something one that kind of makes it stand out so you're not standing there for half an hour trying to find your stroller exactly so what about uh, what about scheduling you know you know Sean you mentioned you know you guys stay late in the park because your your children can sleep so ignoring the it depends on your kid because I know that's always going to be a factor but Wanting to avoid those meltdowns, you know, Matt mentioned that. I mean, do you go back to the resort during the day every day, or do you kind of play it by ear? I mean, obviously, you know, kids have nap time, and you want to try to keep them on a schedule, I guess. But at the same time, you're at Disney, so how do you, you know, how do you balance trying to enjoy the parks, but also trying to maintain some sort of, uh, you know, normalcy for them? Uh, we don't necessarily try to keep them on a schedule. Food wise, for the most part, yes. Nap time, because my kids were so good and they would just get in the stroller, they would just nap. So I didn't worry about that necessarily. As far as going back to the room, there have been times where we had planned days where we would go back to the park, where we go back to the resort and, and swim. 
and we just kept them in the stroller and they slept in the stroller while we were swimming in the pool or my well one of us would stay out we weren't both in the pool <laughs> so you know it just it worked out for us that way my kids were good like that so i don't i i can't tell you if you need to go back to the room if it's hot if, it's, if you're going there like in august and, and july it's probably something you're going to want to do just because it just it's so humid it's not necessarily fair to them go back to the room and take a break so yeah it's for me i just i just went with the flow if they were acting up i think one, i think one time my son acted up and we went back to the room because i think it was hot and that was and that was it he was fine the rest of the time i mean you know my wife um her first when she was very very by the book so whatever schedule we had here when we went down there we had the same schedule so yes we would you know go back for nap time and and, and all that kind of stuff our second one was a lot more liberal i guess you'd say so again he would nap in the stroller occasionally we would go back to the room maybe for a little bit of downtime or whatever but we just kind of just went with the flow you know if he fell asleep in the stroller he fell asleep in the stroller if it got towards the end of the night and he hadn't napped all day and we could see he was about to you know melt down then we would go back to the room and put him down for for bed so whatever is I guess fits your style best. It was is all I can really. I know it kind of gets repetitive after a while, but that's kind of how you you have to do it. I mean, whatever you feel best with doing. Well, yeah. I mean, I know, you know my wife and I aren't you and your wife, or Sean and his wife, and my future kid is not going to be your kid. So it, it's all it's all going to be relative to us. But I'm just trying to kind of get some get some feelers and some ideas. I guess. Um, I mean, I would say maybe use the first day or two as your measuring stick if the kid's going to sleep in the stroller then keep doing that until it doesn't work anymore and then you might have to change it up you know the last couple days or whatever but uh we were actually really surprised i mean uh, especially with our second one we uh the the first time we went my, my wife's always been one of those where we'll go to the parks for a couple days and then you'll have an off day to kind of decompress and everything well this last trip we were in the parks every day and yes, we went a lot slower than what we're normally accustomed to, but the trip seemed to flow a lot better because you're not constantly running back and forth on the bus or or whatever. So um, it just happened to work out best. And I think it actually was a bit of a better trip this go around maybe because we knew what to expect and we're a little more prepared, but you know, it seemed to work a little better this time than, than it did the first time. Yeah, I mean, I know as I get, you know, more trips under our belt, it'll become, you know, we, we, it's old hat at that point, but, you know, it's that first one that I'm already thinking, like, okay, what do I do, <laughs> you know? There's, the thing not, is... I don't even have it planned. It's not even remotely planned yet. You don't even need it'll to think be, about it. That's the whole thing. It's, it's basically it is, you got to go there as, as business as usual, except for that you have this little creature that you have to feed every so many hours, or they're going to get really cranky. You know, so just make it work for you and plan your trip, make it go with it, stick with it. And if you get there and it doesn't work out, you adjust your schedule. Like uh, Matt said, you don't, there's no reason to stress out about it because I'm not a, I'm not a stressor anyway. I mean, y'all know me well enough. I don't, I don't stress over very much anyway. I'm pretty laid back. So I'm not worried about stress necessarily. I just, I want to be able to make sure that, you know, everybody's happy. I'm a, I am a people pleaser for the most part. I like to make sure people are, everybody's having a good time. And so if you're, if you're stress-free, your wife is stress-free, chances are your kid's going to end up being stress-free. 
You know, if you're not you're not worried about it, they'll be laid back too, and it'll make it it'll make yourself a lot easier in traveling than somebody who's high strung all the time. So it does make a difference. So tell me, um, tell me how um, like about about food, I guess. You know, what do you? Not what do you? What should I feed my kid? That's not what I'm asking. But you know, do you? <laughs> you know, do you? Like, is there? I mean, I know they have kids menus, but you know, do they? Can you let them pick off your plate until they get to an age where they can eat their own? Do you know what I mean? Until they're three. Until they're three. Yeah, then you have to start paying for them. Well, I shouldn't say that. That's um. You're talking about like if you're going to like a, a character, but any kind of buffet, it's up until they're age three. Okay. If you're going to a restaurant that you're paying for, it's a little bit different. You know, they should have a once they're three. Really, even if they're two, you might end up buying a meal for them. But once they're three, you you're supposed to start paying for a meal for them. But you can give them stuff off your plate; it's not a problem. I know I can, but. They can't well, as we'll stop say, me from giving them a French fry if I want to give them a French fry or whatever. Well, I mean, I don't think they're going to be that picky about it. It it doesn't hurt to ask once you get there. I don't know if this was because we were on the dining plan. I know how you guys are with the dining plan, but uh, a couple of the restaurants we went to when we sat down, the waiter told us that my youngest, he was two at the time, could pick anything off the kids' menu, and we wouldn't be charged for it. Okay. So. I, again, I don't know if that's something they all do, and depending on your waiter, they make it known. It could, or, yeah, you just don't know. But I, I know for sure we were told that at Via Napoli, and I can't remember off the top of my head who the, what the other one was, but there was a couple of restaurants that uh, that they flat out told us to go ahead and pick whatever we wanted for him to eat, and you know it was no cost. So well, that works. And the only other, the only question I have right now that is. Um, that I've been thinking about. And this came up because I have a coworker who uh, is about to go to Disney in a couple of weeks. And then this is going to be her first trip with, with her kids and her kids are older now. Um, but she was talking about, you know, she wanted her, her husband wanted to be able to ride you know, Splash Mountain or Big Thunder or Tower of Terror. And I, you know, I was like, well, they have child swap. But then I was like, I don't really know how it works, but they have it. <laughs> so how does child swap work? I mean, I know how it works, the concept, but, you know, exactly, do you just get in line and then, you know, what do you, how do you take advantage of that? So I want to go ride Splash Mountain. I can't take one-year-old child on there, so. It's $15 per attraction. (laughs) (laughs) Although, you know what? It might be a lie right now, but it might not be by the time that. By the time this show comes out, it could be true. (laughs) Child swap. And it's only $69. It's totally worth it. No, what you do is you just walk in. You stand at the front of the line and you just yell "child swap," and you, and you swap childs. And another family comes up with their kid, and then you trade. Is exactly. It's like the black market. Nice. nice. I like that little redheaded one. I want that one. <laughs> the yeah, one like, thing that my that, kid's not going to be a redhead, but whatever. I don't. With you and your red beard, I mean. Exactly. I never know. <laughs> the one thing that I learned, and I guess this goes back to just being common sense and reading when we did the child swap they give you a paper fast pass and i was assuming that it was just a fast pass for me to get back in line to ride the attraction well the whole time i'm there i'm like well i don't want to make everybody else wait just for me you know to get on attraction well at the bottom of the ticket it says it's good for you and three other guests well it's just three guests but is it three yeah okay okay and 
when we went, it was, it was early January. It might've been the 10th or something like that when I actually got the, the fast pass, but it was good through the end of January. So it's not right. like it's only good for that day. It gives you some time to do whatever else and come back and use it. But if I would have read the fast pass and known that it was good for me and a couple other people, then I would have took advantage of it. I mean, it's an easy process. You, I, we were telling uh, the cast member as we were getting ready to, I think it was Thunder Mountain. So right as we come down the ramp and before they start you know, putting you in your whatever number, I just told her that we have a child that's not going to ride. She handed me the fast pass and they said when the train pulls up, just walk through and going out the exit. And you know, then you have your fast pass to use whenever at your discretion. Yeah, I mean, it's real simple. As, oh, long, yeah. as, as long as they see the kid with oh, yeah. with your wife or whoever with, they're going to give it to you. So, so then if I want if I want to do it immediately, so we go through the line and I say, "Give me the kid, ride Splash Mountain," and then she gets off. Like, am I able to just get on right there? Like, here's the kid, or do I have to go back out and come back through the line, like a special line or something? You go through you go through the fast pass fast line. pass yeah fast pass line yeah okay. So I mean, if the, so, if there's a 30 minute wait for fast pass, you're going to wait 30 minutes. Okay. And right. there, I guess, is kind of I won't say a downfall, but you can't sit up front and watch for your wife to come down. You have to go through the queue with her, get the fast pass, then exit, and then you go back in. So you kind of have to do it twice, I guess you would say. Yeah. Well, I mean, on Splash Mountain, you'd have enough time because obviously it's a longer track. You'd probably get out to the front by then but well no 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 I mean it's yeah it's not that I wasn't saying you wouldn't be able to see her it's more of the fact that you have to go through the the queue with said child get fast pass exit and then go back in again by yourself so it's kind of not one of those where you can just send her in and then when she comes out you can go oh another thing too I did learn Uh, when you're booking your fast passes don't book fast passes for you and her if you're going to do child swap you can kind of maneuver the system and get extra so like if you're going to do say thunder mountain space mountain and splash mountain book your fast passes do the child swap and then book her fast passes for three other attractions so that you would double dip yeah exactly that makes sense look at that tip see who says we can't give uh, good tips on this show yeah I, i learned that one the hard way when i when it finally dawned on me it was at the end of our trip so i couldn't really take advantage of it of course, for the most part, that doesn't really. I mean, at Magic Kingdom, it would be beneficial, but it's not much else otherwise. I mean, there's only like three attractions out of the other parks anyway that are fast pass, you know, fast pass attractions really. But still, a good tip for Magic Kingdom, especially. All right. Well, I mean, I think that's about it. I mean, I could, I have some other questions, but I know we're getting up against the end of this, uh, the end of the episode, and. Yeah, I don't want to bore the listeners any more than we already have, but uh, but I appreciate you know I appreciate you guys giving me some some info. Matt coming on the show, we, we are we going to put him through the uh, Tiki Lightning round again? No, he's we should we should do a modified one. Matt, what is your favorite Disney podcast that you're on? <laughs> Who are your three favorite Disney podcast hosts? Right, uh, I played the film. Uh, don't answer that question. <laughs> Forget you. No, but thank you for coming on that. We appreciate that. And, you know, thanks for answering my questions and, uh, you know, giving me the chance to make a show about me and, and my situation and my life and all that. So I appreciate y'all doing that for me tonight. 
Thanks for having me on. And I say we start a pool right now. Who goes to the park first? Alan's <laughs> child or Scott? Uh, definitely Alan's child. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Scott's, uh, Scott's second one's only going to be uh, maybe about two months older than, than, than mine. If I, when I first found out, I asked Scott when his second kid was due. I hope that your listeners know that Scott's having a second. Yeah, he put it out on social media, so I didn't ruin anything. That's it's good. pinned to the top of his Twitter feed. Yeah, it is. I, yeah. I forgot he had put it on Twitter, so I wasn't sure. Not that he wants to brag about it or anything. I guess I'm. <laughs> I guess I'm. Um, I'm more uh, private than him because I haven't told anyone really. My coworkers don't even know, except for like my boss and you know, one or two other people. I haven't even told my family. No, that's not kidding. That's not kidding. <laughs> I keep saying, since you know, my wife had to tell her coworkers. Obviously, she can't hide it as well as I can. But I keep thinking I'm not going to tell my coworkers. I'm just going to show up with a baby one day. That would be funny. Like, Hello, guys. Meet <laughs> so and so. But this little baby was sitting outside of work. I just picked him up and brought him in. <laughs> I got a I got a baby guy. <laughs> uh, anyway, before we let you go, um, before we end the show, Matt, go ahead and tell our listeners uh, you know, where they can find you and your podcast. Um, me personally, if you want to contact me, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at mholly five seven nine. Uh, the show itself is DLR Podcast on Twitter. And don't even worry about Instagram because we don't use it enough to, to worry about that. Uh, we do have a <laughs> Facebook page. It's just facebook.com slash Dixie Landings Radio. Excellent. Well, thanks again, Matt, for coming on the show. I appreciate it. We appreciate it. Uh, that's going to do it for this week. But first, we want to thank our sponsor, Kingdom Strollers. Kingdom Strollers provides premium stroller and curb rentals delivered straight to your door. For more information, visit kingdomstrollers.com or call 407-271-5301. Also, check out myfantasybands.com where you can order customized Magic Band covers to take on your next Disney trip. Uh, go check out uh, Dole Whip Daily because Keith got some for his Magic Bands and they're pretty cool. And he got 20% off. You know how he got 20% off? He used the code EnchantedTikiDoc20, EnchantedTikiDoc20, to get 20% off your order at MyFantasyBands.com. Be sure to let us know what you thought of the show. You can comment in the notes at EnchantedTikiDoc.com, email us at podcast at EnchantedTikiDoc.com, and leave us a message on the TikiDoc hotline, which is 256-4MYTIKI. That's 256-469-8454. Please like us on Facebook. Check out our store at RedBubble.com, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at TikiDocPodcast. Lastly, if you enjoy the show, please take the time to rate us on iTunes. You can find me on Twitter at one minute Disney Dream. That's one M I N Disney Dream, MouseWorldVacations.com, and MousePros.com. And you can find Keith at Epcot right now, um, but you can also find him at Dole Whip Daily on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And I think that's it. My Desmatch? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. And you can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram. I'm at Norman Bates. That's N O R M N B, the number eight in the letter S. Thanks for listening this week. For Sean and Keith and our guest, Matt, from Dixie Landings Radio, I'm Alan, and this has been Enchanted Tiki Talk. Aloha. I like it better when y'all make y'all's fake Keith voice. Yeah, we have to do that again. We haven't done that in a while. No. Enchanted Tiki Talk has been brought to you by MousePros.com. Log on to MousePros.com to plan your perfect Disney vacation. And by Kingdom Strollers. 
Visit KingdomStrollers.com on your next visit to Orlando or call 407-271-5301 for premium stroller and crib rentals. Thanks for listening to Enchanted Tiki Talk.